Welcome. You're about to listen to the word of empowerment with Reverend Prosper Asamwa, the senior pastor of Love Sanctuary International. Now, the sermon. Father, thank you for another day in your house. Thank you for the time of fellowship. Thank you for instituting the church because it's a place where we come and get edified, get comforted, get love. It's a place of solace. Thank you for giving us the church. Above all, thank you for giving us Jesus Christ, that we, through him, we can also be called your children. Thank you, Lord. Your word is coming. Today is a special day. Give us your word in a special way that we shall all learn and order our lives and the lives of our children accordingly. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Amen. Today is a special day. I promised you last week that today we'll talk about parenting. I'm not, before I start, I'm not saying I'm a perfect parent. Now, at this age, when I look back at some of the things I did and some of the things I didn't do, I realized that uh, I failed in many ways. Hallelujah. I could have been better. I could have done things differently if I was this matured. Or if somebody had preached to me on parenting. So this is not to condemn anybody, but it's just to give us an awareness that there is a duty for us all as parents. Whether you have kids or you are yet to have kids. Once you are in this church, it means that you are getting ready to have kids or you have some. Hallelujah. And so you learn now and apply it when the time comes. And for those of us who are in the process of making mistakes, we, we, we adjust ourselves so that we can. There's, God gives another chance all the time. He gives chances. So let's take this chance of learning and then going forward. Hallelujah. It all came about because of the camp. We took our children to camp. We thought it was necessary to revive them and to get them to fellowship and know each other and know God more. Focused three days, the presence of God. And the outcome of it, one of the things that came out was some things that they were going through. And we realized that the church cannot do it alone. We need the parents to do it. But many of the things that they are going through, our, the parents do not know. We, the parents, we don't know. And they say that you don't know. We see them as angels, as naive, as novices. But the things they know, you have no idea. Hallelujah. So I'll start by speaking about parenting. As the Lord laid on my heart, we'll discuss parenting from biblical point of view and practical point of view. And then at the end, I'll bring some of the issues that came up. We'll not mention names. We'll not describe the people. But if it's happening to A, it could be happening to X and Y. Maybe A has spoken, or we've seen A, but Y has not spoken. So then we as parents, we must um, sit up and be watchful and help our children grow. Hallelujah. I want to start by reading some scripture. When you go to the Bible, you want to look for parenting. There's nothing. You must keep, take scripture and add it as the Holy Spirit guides you. Hallelujah. Psalm 127, from verse 3. It says, I'm reading from the NLT. Psalm 127, verse 3 to 5. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. NLT. They are a reward from him. That's a powerful statement. Children are a gift from the Lord. I pray that anybody who is looking for that gift will receive it. In the name of Jesus Christ. It's a gift, so God gives, and he'll give. 
and it's a reward for all your good works. May you receive a reward of a child in the name of Jesus Christ. And if you have a child, it means that it, is a, it was a gift to you from God. It's not what you did that brought the child. It is God who gave you the gift. Do you understand? Great. So when somebody gives you a gift, people give me gifts and then they ask me, Daddy, I gave you a shoe, but I've never seen you wear the shoe. Or if you give, somebody gives you a gift and then you give it to, you misuse it. A gift that you expect that you wear to church. Then you wear it to go and play football or something like that. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be, you didn't respect the gift. So if children are gifts from God, it means you must respect the gift and honor the gift and treat the gift very well so that the purpose for which God gives us the gift will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. And they are reward. God gives us children as a reward. We shouldn't take it for granted. Verse 4 says, children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. When you are going to war, you need arrows those times. So if you have children, it means that you have arrows. It's like arrows in the, in the hands of a warrior because that's what you use to win the battle. So children are gifts from God. They are a reward from God, but they are tools for us to win the battle of life. Don't ask me how. Children are gifts, and God gives give, gifts. It helps you to succeed in life. It is part of the success. It, it helps you to go forward. It helps you to win your battles. Hallelujah. How joyful is a man whose quiver is full of them. So a quiver is what they use to hold their arrows. They put it at their back. It's a, a container. So if you have a container full of arrows, then you are joyful. And then if you have, he will not be put to shame when he confronts his accusers at the city gate. So if you have a lot of children, you will, you will not be ashamed when you confront your accusers at the gates. Hallelujah. Children are gifts and they are rewards. They are important, as important as arrows are to a warrior. Hallelujah. So we must look after them well, care for them well, be very strategic and intentional in how we use them, how we honor them and protect them and prepare them for, for the future, for the use of God, for the use of society, and for their own lives. Proverbs, so we've talking about children who they are, where they come from, and why they were given to us. And so they are not people that we should take for granted, people that we should just treat anyhow, whether it's an insult to God, the giver. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. This is a popular scripture. King James, we know the King James one, it sounds very, what do you call it, powerful. Train up a child the way he should go. When he grows, he will not depart from it. But I want to read from the NLT. The English is more understandable. It says, direct your children into the right path. Direct your children into the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave it. When they are older, they will not leave the right path. It means direct your children, direct them into the right path. And when they are older, they will not leave the right path. If you don't direct them, then when they are old, they will go anyhow. They will walk anyhow. It may not be the right path. Accidentally, some will get to the right path, but most of the time, they will, they will lose their way. So this is our key scripture for parenting. It means that as a parent, we need to direct our children. It is a responsibility. It is a requirement. It is a duty. Parenting is a requirement for every child. Every child requires parenting, direction. But if you look around and we look at ourselves, not all of us have been able to provide parenting or good parenting to our children. For many of us, parenting is providing the physical needs of the child, giving, spending money, and that sort of thing on the child, buying them whatever they need, and then that's all. But that is not parenting. That is just providing, and it's not adequate. So what is good parenting? What is good parenting? Good parenting is a call. If God gives you a gift, that gift, then it means he has given you a call. He has called you into parenting. You must accept the call. That call, once you have the child, you have accepted the call. If you don't want to parent a child, please don't bring forth any child. But once you accept the child or you are, oh, I have to give birth, I have to give birth, and you give birth, you have a responsibility. This goes to both men and women, fathers and mothers. 
husbands and wives. It goes to you. It's not to one party. Very often, we, the men, we think that is the woman, or have a man, is you go and bring the thing, the woman will bring up the children. No. No. In fact, when you read about things about parenting in the Bible, all the address, it addresses the men. Hardly will he address the woman to do something for the child. It's the men. But eventually, too, the examples you get is the women who do a lot of things, like Timothy. It's the mother, the grandmother, who, who, who were there. They didn't mention the father. I don't know where the father went. <laughs> Hallelujah. It is a call. So we must, a good parent, know that it's a call. God has called you into parenting. It's a ministry. You don't stand and hold a mic, but it is a powerful ministry, and that may be the biggest ministry that you do, but you got to do it. You have to do it. It's a call. And number two, it must be intentional. Good parenting is intentional. It doesn't happen by chance. You are intentional that this is my child. I must train up this child properly so that he will grow to be better than I am. And that should be the goal of everybody. Your children should be better than you. Some of us, we think that, oh, we, do you know how I suffered? Do you know how I suffered? They mean that you don't care where they arrive at. It's wrong. You must be intentional about how you bring up your children. Very intentional. Most of our sermons are about ourselves, how to improve ourselves, how to go to heaven, how to make money, how to worship God. But this one is about other people. It's about somebody else. This is about another generation. It's about your family line, your bloodline. It's about the kingdom. It's about the impact on lives for years to come. It's a very serious matter. And so we must be intentional about it. We can't leave it to chance. We can't leave it to just a hope that something good will come. And it is sacrificial. A good parent. parent. Parenting is sacrificial. There are some things that you love to do to give you thrills, to, to make you happy, or to there are some things that you may have to forego because of your child. Because your child is there looking at you. Or because you must show some attention to your child, you must forego something. There's a lot of sacrifice. And when you talk sacrifice, you think about only the money. It's not only the money. Yes, the money is part of it. A lot of sacrifice. People go through a lot of things to make money to look after their kids. But it's beyond money. Your intention, your, your, your sacrifice to let go of some things, to let some things pass by. When your friends are on this, this because of your child, you are not going, you are staying. When there's a job that will give you more money but will take all your time away from your child, you say, no, because of my child. So parenting is sacrificial very much. If you don't want to do, have the sacrifice, don't bring forth a child. But we have the children already. So I'm just drawing attention now. Let's be sacrificial. Let's know it's sacrificial. And there are many sacrifices that I cannot mention that we know as parents we have to go through to, to make sure that our children come up well. And a good parenting, in good parenting, grace is required. Grace. The grace is required. You see, God was dealing with the Israelites in a particular way, but when Jesus came, grace came. Grace is a better way of relationship. The children of Israel did not, God, did not call God their, their father. They didn't see themselves as children like we see ourselves as children because grace enables us to be confident to go to God. So in bringing up your children, you must know, in parenting, you must know that grace is required. Grace is unmerited favor. Sometimes your child doesn't deserve something because of what they've done or what they've said, but, but you must apply grace that you will give them even though their action does not deserve it. That's how God treats us. That's why we are confident to come to his presence. Grace is required. It's not bang, 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 bang every time. No. We need grace. Hallelujah. But the beautiful thing is that it is rewarding. 
good parenting has its rewards. God says children are a reward. If if you bring up your children properly, you grow up. Don't be looking forward to them coming to look after you. You need to prepare something for yourself so they don't have to look after you. You still give to them in your old age. It's not about that. But the reward is to see them better than you. To see them doing well in this world. See them doing better in the kingdom of God. Seeing them rising up. Making impact in the world. That is a reward. Hallelujah. Yes. And when you bring them well, up well, they'll care for you in your old age. They'll be there for you. The relationship will be there. Hallelujah. I'm not condemning anybody. Uh, let me repeat. Because by the time I go through, all of us will see that we are falling short of the glory of God. <laughs> but it's just to bring our awareness to it. These things happened. I mean, many of us have made mistakes. And, and me, I, I tell my children sometimes, I tell them, I know we didn't grow up well. And we didn't do this. We, didn't, we should have done this and that. But it didn't happen. But here we are. Let's do our best. As I now they are grown. But you own up and you try to gather the pieces as much as you can. But we those who have the opportunity to parent our children now. Let us do the right thing. Hallelujah. So how can I be a good parent? This is difficult. If you are too hard, they'll become timid in some way. If you are too soft, they'll become bele bele. It's some way. <laughs> so we don't know what to do. Do we, Should we be permissive? Permit them to do whatever they want? Or should we be controlling? No, this is it. Sit here. Don't go anywhere. I'll sit here till I come. Don't do, you, you don't do, you do. I mean, is that how, which one do we take? Or do we pamper them? Anything they want, we give them. We don't, we don't, when they do something wrong, we, we don't say anything. We just, oh, eh, what is that? Eh? How, how do they say? The mothers will pamper their children. How do they say? We just pamper them. Or we direct them. Directing them means showing them the good way. It's not permissive, it's not controlling where it is authoritarian. It's not pampered where they cannot be corrected or they don't, they don't, they, we don't get them to choose right from wrong. But to be, it's to be directed. We direct, the Bible says direct them on a good path that when they grow, they will not depart. So we must direct our children. It's very important. So to be a good parent, you must know that there are different ways. There are those who perm- It's like me when I was growing up, I didn't know anything called poultry farm. I knew that the, the, all the chicken, it, we had chicken in our house. It's one of the places we live. My, my parents were bring, looking after chicken. They had chicken. And the chicken, they have a kukubo, that one. In the morning, they open it for them. Pa, they are gone. They go, ah, what they went to eat, oh, where they went to, oh, what they did, oh. Nobody cares, nobody knows. In the evening, then they will come. Sometimes, one of the chickens will get lost. Sometimes, and then we don't know where they went, but we are hoping that they will go and find food and come back home. Then the onset of poultry farms. Poultry farms, they put all the chicken in one place, feed them, give them medicine, look after them. And which one are we supposed to do? The poultry farm one or the, or the free range? <laughs> and sometimes some parents go for free range. And the free range one has issues. It has issues. And the controlled one too must be within a certain context. If you just control them completely, they become 
when you bring a poultry farm fowl outside the poultry farm, say it with Jimmy Ruff. He <laughs> 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 doesn't, doesn't know anything. He doesn't understand anything that's happening around. <laughs> and so sometimes if you pamper your children too much and you make them, that's what they do when they get out of, out of your environment. They can't survive. But our children are supposed to survive in this world. They're supposed to survive in life. They're supposed to do well. And they must, they must know how to, how to choose good from evil. They must know and be strong to choose. And, and all comes from parenting. Unfortunately, uh, they spend some time in school, a few hours, eight hours a day or 10 hours a day in school for five days. They come to church. We get them for two, three hours. That's all. But they are with you at home. The church will do its bit. But we are discussing this because they are with you most of the time. Before they even go for, to the boarding school, we must train them. We must direct them the way they must go. Hallelujah. So how do we ensure that we teach them the right thing? Our actions. Our actions. Our actions are their blueprint. It's their example. That's what they look at. You ask yourself, anything that you do, ask yourself, is that, are you setting a good example for your kid? Anything. Are you setting a good example for your kid? That child. What you are doing, do you want him or her to copy you? Do you want him or her to see that as how things are supposed to be? Sometimes we do wrong things, but we forget that our kids are there. And for them, when daddy is doing it or mommy is doing it, it is right. So we must be intentional and careful about our environment in doing things. I'm not saying go and hide and do the bad thing. If it's bad, don't do it anywhere. But there are some things that are not really bad. But at a certain stage, it's not good for your kid. You must be conscious. You must be intentional. That's where the sacrifice comes. Either you don't do it at all or you find appropriate time and do it. Or then you must explain why it should be done and when it should be done. Are you showing them laziness or industry? You won't let your child come and help you in the, in the kitchen. You won't let your child sweep the living room. Your child will not wash the car. Your child will not do anything. You have money, so you have servants doing this and that and that and that. And if you have a maid, you are molesting the maid. And your child is there. Doing nothing. I don't know. They that. So people who stay, some people who stay with people who live with other people, not their parents, they end up being better than the children that they lived with. Because why? They they they, they thought they were pampering their children. So you're teaching your child laziness. She will grow to be lazy. He will grow to be lazy. But if you show them industry that they must put, they must they must work. They must do something. And sometimes you give them reward for the the things they do. You are, you, are, you are training them up. Our actions are very important. And what do we do? Do we, do we, are we industrious or we are lazy? Your child is watching you. You can think of many examples yourself. But you are punctual or you are late all the time. How do you use your time? How do you organize yourself? If you are late all the time, or you don't show good examples, your children will also grow to be like that. It's simple. They are watching. You don't have to tell them, do it the way I'm doing it. They will do it the way you are doing it, without you telling them. Time is of essence. Time is a, is, is a resource that people waste. And many people suffer in life, not because of the devil, but because of their waste of time. They don't, use, they don't give time what it requires before it goes away. So the time goes away empty. And so nothing can come out of it. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you respectful or arrogant? If you are respectful to people, your children will grow up being respectful. If you are arrogant to people, your children will grow up to be arrogant. It is very important that we set the right examples for our children. If you are disrespectful, you don't care about anybody, your children will grow up and thinking that is how it is. You are just an example to them. You give them the blueprint of life. They will not respect people, and they will take it anywhere. Maybe you know where to do it, but they don't know where to do it. 
they will just mess it up and, 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 and do it anywhere. Take it to work, take it to wherever and lose out. Parenting is intentional. It is sacrificial. We must be aware at all times that whatever we do, our children are watching. Do you wake up to pray? Do you read your Bible? You must make them see, you must make them see you reading your Bible. Let them see you praying. They also pray. They also read their Bible. We must be intentional. We've got to be intentional. Our children are looking at us. They will follow the path that we, we paved for them. Apart from our actions, our words, our words, the things we say, how we say it, it forms their worldview. It gives them an idea or it, it gives them an imprint of how the world is or how the world operates, especially the words that we speak to them. It gives them a perception about themselves, whether they'll be timid or they'll be confident. Whether they, they have the I can do attitude or they have this uh, nothing works for me attitude. Or I can't do it. It's the things we tell them. The things we say to our children. We must be, we must be conscious to tell them things that will make them confident. You tell your child, you are my king, you are a king, you will do well. You are, you, you say the good things. Promote the goodness. If you, if you can't see it with your eyes, say it. And when you say it, it will come to pass. It is spiritual. The words that we speak are spiritual. I can't, you come, Pastor Ado say, today, this week we are praying for children. We are children, you pray for them. And then you go home and you go and pray negative on them. Because all the things you say is, is prayer. You are praying negative on them. You, look at him. Look at his head. You... <laughs> You are for you. I don't know what good can come out of you. You are giving them a, a picture of their, themselves. They would never rise up against what you said unless they meet somebody or they have an or they call encounter with a higher authority somewhere that's able to change them. But you have destroyed them. Many children are destroyed. Many people are destroyed, not because of that they are not good enough, but because somebody said Terrible things about them when they were growing up. And they accepted it. You are the mother. You are the father. So they will accept it. What you say is true. So they will accept it. it. They internalize it. So it affects everything that they do. The things we say give them perception about themselves. It gives them perception about life. The things you talk about in their presence. It, lets, it makes them know that that is how life is. Let's be careful the things we say. I say it is intentional. It is sacrificial. Parenting. Once you give up a child, it is your duty to be intentional and sacrifice to bring that child up properly. So the things you say are very important. When you are talking to your child in the kitchen or you are playing football or you are sitting in the living room watching whatever, then you say, hey, what God has done today? Today, God did this, 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 this. I was looking for this, but God when you talk about God, you talk about God, they will know that there is a God who rules in the affairs of men. You are giving them a perception of life. Amen. You must be intentional. You must be intentional. Talk good about church. Talk good about family. Talk good about things. Let them have, know that you are, you are, you are framing their future, framing their perception. You are giving them a picture. So be intentional about it and say things that will help them to pave a certain way. When something negative is in the news, you say it, you show it to them, say, this is, but this is not right because this is, it leads to this, it leads to that, it leads to that. The correct thing to do is to go this way. So you've taken advantage of a situation and you are, you are forming them. You are telling them things. Let's not just be saying anything, gossiping about people uh, backbiting people, undermining people in the presence of our whether you are talking to the child or you are talking to somebody else, the child will take that and will also go and be doing that. And then we will think that there's no good. Let's, let's just be intentional. Our words. It gives them perception of life, it, 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 it affects their 
self-esteem. That's why you, you don't do anything good every time. You are so stupid. I don't know what, eh? that sort of thing. No. Then the day he does something good, you say, oh, you've done well. You say, oh, that's what today, where did he sleep? <laughs> it means that when they do something good, instead of praising them, you are, you are, you are using that crowd to, tell, to remind them that uh, they are not correct. It's not right. And sometimes, life is tough. I know. Life is difficult. You say, it's because of the children I'm going up and down that I'm struggling to work to make money. And then when I come home, but if you take the frustrations of life home onto your children, you will mess them up. You destroy, you give them the money and give them a bad perception, destroy their ego, destroy their self-esteem, and I don't know, your money will be wasted because it won't do anything. Because you destroy them. Their mental health, their psychological, their, their, their psychology, their, their emotion, all those things are important. Hallelujah. Are we correcting or we are condemning and judging? When we are talking to them, are you correcting them? But my son, this is what you did is wrong because this is the impact. This is the effect. When you do this, this is where it will lead you. I know people who have done. You, 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 you explain and you talk. You correct the person. So don't do it again. You explain to them. And once they know the impact, they will, but if you call, you just foolish boy. Foolish boy. Uh, every day, you are, you are so stupid. I don't know what, I don't know what to do with you. You are finishing him. It means that he's so useless, there's nothing to be done with him. He may end up just living his life anyhow because he knows that he's of no use. Let's be careful. Mothers especially. But the fathers do sometimes, they are so, I don't care. Fathers, let us help out. Okay. Let us do it. It's our responsibility. So let's take our place. So let's not, we can correct, we should correct, but we shouldn't condemn and destroy. And the worst we say, are they curses or blessings? Any time we speak to our child, we must bless the child. Even if they do something wrong and you talk about it, at the end, bless the child. Say something good. Let the person know that you are looking forward to something great. Let's keep blessing our children instead of cursing them. And if you are cursing other people too, maybe my child sees Pastor Ado as a, a good person. And then they hear me condemning Pastado or saying negative things about Pastado, then they know that they cry there, then they don't come close cry. The words we speak to our children about other people, about anything is very important. Let's be careful. We should, we should bless. You can't be cursing out of the same mouth that you've been blessing from. That's why I refuse to curse. I refuse to say some things. I just refuse to say it. I won't say it. It may come to my mind. We come to my angry to come to my mouth. <laughs> but I'll not open my lips. <laughs> but I'll swallow it. I'll open my lips. Hallelujah. Are you speaking the word or the world? The word of God or the world? Things are tough, we know. But how you talk and communicate at home is building a certain worldview for your child, giving them a certain perception of life, the impossibilities. I, teaching them the possibilities of life or the possibilities of life? Are you teaching them uh, the good things that can come out of life or you are teaching them the impossible things or the, great, the negative things of life? It's very important. Let's talk the word of God. Let's talk the promises of God. you find a way of saying it. You don't have to always have to open the Bible. Come. Come and let's open the Bible. Let's no. In your chat, you, know, you always attribute all good things to God. You attribute all great things to God. You attribute all the benefits that you have to God. You talk to the children. And then you, you, you explain to them how God is good. How you tell them about your story in your past. How God brought you through. How this, how that. Then you are building a worldview. Let's be intentional. It is intentional and sacrificial. Instead of talking about what the people are saying about the world. Insulting, uh, what is his name? Nanando. Now we, don't, we all don't know what to do. Whether to go for a butterfly or the other guy is insulting everybody, fighting everybody. 
show down. And <laughs> The more you talk about negatives of life in front of your children, you build a certain perception. You must be careful. It's, that's what I'm saying. It is sacrificial. You can't just say anything, anytime, anywhere. No. Even if you are driving and your, car, your kid is in a car and the car crosses you, be careful. <laughs> be careful. <laughs> be careful. Your child will see you somewhere, but you also go and do it somewhere. Hallelujah. Let me, let, me, let, me quickly, let me quickly do a, a run-up. Now, the danger is this. This is easily said. If your kids are with you most of the time, and you are with them most of the time, it is it's easy to do the things I've said. Fine. A, few, a little sacrifice there, but with time, you'll be fine. But the point now is that you have to go and look for money. Your kid goes to school, or your kid is at home, and they have friends who are from different homes and they, they discuss things, they talk. And now there's media, which is taking their attention. They have more, there's, you can't have enough time for them as much as media has time for them. So, they, so now we are competing as people, we are competing with the media, we are competing with peers. The peer pressure and the media pressure, they have ability to Change the perception of your child. Tell them things. Show them things that you have no idea. And what came out of our camp is that there are many things that they know that you don't know they know. So we are not competing. How do we beat the competition? It means you must spend time with them. Time. How do we beat the competition? We need time. That's where I repeat the sacrifice. It must be intentional. You need time to be with them because they have a lot of time with the gadgets, with the internet, and there are things on the internet. I don't, I don't know where they are, but the kids somehow find where the, those bad things are, and they go and see them and read them and watch them. So, there's a pro so we need to spend time with them, quality time. The little time we can get, we should get them around us and have a chat and discuss things and be intentional in the direction we want to put them. And let them chat. Let them be able to talk to us. You can't talk, your kids will not talk to you if you are authoritarian, if you are controlling, you're, you're like martial law. Soja, you say this and obey before complain and blah, blah. It doesn't work anymore. Maybe in our time it worked. But it made some of us timid. We had to take a long time for us to grow up out of it. But it doesn't work anymore. These ones, it doesn't work anymore. So we need time. We need time. Parents, please, let's make time. Some of the time we used to go to friends and chat. Those things, once your kids are growing, you must have time with them. Talk to them. Chat with them. They need love. Those are not the times you'll be shouting, you'll be screaming, you'll be uh, condemning them. Those, those are the times you must be intentional. They'll do something that will annoy you, but you don't want to spoil the environment you are intentionally creating. So you, you swallow it, you correct it, but yet you, you, you keep them. You keep them. You keep them. And show love must show a lot of love and communicate. Your kids should be able to, I, I, I failed in that area, but kids should be able to tell you everything. Woman, your, lady, your, your child, your, your girl child should be able to tell you everything. And your male child should be able to tell you everything. Everything, I mean everything that happens, everything that he hears, everything that she hears, everything that she sees, anything that's happening to the body, anything that's happening in school, they must tell you. They must be comfortable to tell you. And how they will tell you is that you, you also, you'll be, you be relaxed to listen. Don't judge. The woman they start, they say, oh, you talk again. You talk again, you keep it. 
And then he will have his own ideas, talk to somebody else, a colleague. They will talk to their friend. And their friend who may have a bad... This, and, and the thing is, Basa, let us not be judgmental. Let us be cool. And it's sacrificial. Your anger, you must bottle it. Keep it somewhere and listen. Because you know, listening is more important. Gaining them is more important. Some of our kids are timid and they say it, that they are shattered upon. They are, they are, nothing they do is appreciated. That sort of thing. It is, look, I'm not condemning a parent. We didn't know. We didn't know. It's not a sin. Bible says that if you know something is wrong and you do it, that's a sin. Some of us parents, we, didn't, we don't know it's wrong and we're doing it, so it's not a sin. But it has impact. So let's work on it so that the impact will be minimized. Hallelujah. And I want to say, to be a good parent, you must use the word of God. I've said it over and over again. The word of God and prayer. In, after all this, I'm not saying I've said everything about good parenting, but this is what was laid on my heart to share with you. After all this, let us go to the word of God and use the word of God to train up our children. Let us use the word of God to train up ourselves to know how to handle the children. And then with prayer, praying with the kids, praying for the kids, and depend and asking God to help out so that they will not have any evil influence, but that you shall be the influence. You, don't, you can't pray that they shouldn't have any evil influence, and you yourself, you are not an influence. You must ensure that you are, an influence. You are the biggest influence in their lives. Try that you are the bigger parents. You must be the biggest influence in their life. You must be their hero. You must be the one they listen to. But if you are absent, they will listen to inter uh, internet. They will listen to their friends. And we are not sure of what they will hear. Hallelujah. Amen. Have you been blessed? Yes. Put your hands together. Celebrate Jesus. There are some issues that came out of the camp. And I'm going to, having given you that background or how to go about parenting to a large extent, we're going to mention some of them. But like I said the other day, let us listen humbly. Let's be humble and listen. And some may apply to our kids, some may not apply to our direct kids. Maybe your kid didn't go back. You must, let's be humble. Let us not use this as a weapon to go home. Uh, <laughs> what did you go to see at the camp? Uh, you two, were you among those who are doing this or those who are doing this or that sort of thing? Do you also do this? Let's not use this discussion for that. You'll be abusing the knowledge, the information. It's not right to abuse information. Abusing means abnormal use. Ab abnormal, don't abnormally use the information. The information is for us to know that. Dang, I see. Hey, then what pastor is saying, I must pay attention, you know, because maybe my child too. Then you, you, you get close to your child, and as you are talking, and as you are, you relax, and show love and grace, and, and, and have time for them. With time, some of, some of us, the way we've, when we reach with our children, it will take time for us to, to gain their trust. And it's not their fault. It's your fault. But you didn't know. You to take time for us to gain their trust. So we must be patient. Be patient. You go to your room, you pray. When you meet them, you intentionally take your time. We must. You go born again, cry, what were you doing? God had time for you, crack, 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 crack. Now you are coming forward. So be patient with the children. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> it was noticed, they went with, mostly, I, I wanted them to feel comfortable. So it's our young pastors, our younger pastors who went with them. I went, I went to pass through there one day. Uh, uh, Reverend Sam also went there one day. But mostly it was our young pastors who went with them. And they understand them better, so they felt very comfortable. In prayer, things happen. In discussions, things happen. And some of them came out and spoke. 
please don't abuse the information I'm giving you. First of all, it was clear that there was peer pressure. Their friends were giving them pressure. The peer pressure is like you must you want to fit in. You want to fit into the gang, into the group. You are their friends, so they are all doing things this way. They are wearing some particular dresses, some kind of trendy dresses. So they also want to wear the same dresses. They are using some particular phones. And I tell you, some of your children have phones that you don't know they have. The one they show you the, uh, the yam that you bought for them. <laughs> the one that you bought for them, they are, they, that's what they use in front of you. But when they get out, there's a phone they use that you may not know. <laughs> so other kids, <laughs> other kids see this, or some of our kids see this, and they are also under pressure. That's pressure. Pressure doesn't mean that somebody say, come, do it, do it. No. You see it, and you also want to belong, so you do it. So clothing pressure. And I know some, uh, that one didn't come out, but in the universities or even certain schools, some, some ladies have dresses that they wear, that they can't bring home. Because their mother would not allow them to wear that, but they wear it in school. One of my daughters was telling me when they were in school, they were in a hostel. One day, some other lady's mother said she was coming to a funeral attack, right? so she wants to come in, stay with her. She was living one in a room, finished. But when the mother was coming, she disposed of everything and put the mattress on the floor. Because, because that's the standard the mother knows. That's what the mother could afford. So the mother would never know who her child was. That's how serious it is. This is an extreme, but it happens. In a small way, it's happening to our kids. And if you don't take care, it will grow, it will get to that point. So peer pressure. And the solution to peer pressure is to, is to have time for them so that we will have the influence instead of the peers having the influence. It's a peer influence that we call peer pressure. It's influence, but the influence is so strong that it becomes like a pressure. They must do, you must do something to also fit in. So you talk to them how life is in stages, things like that. So it means you, yourself, you must study. You must be reading. You must be abreast with life and be able to share things with them. But if you don't know, you can't share this, okay, so it pushes them, and for the young guys, many of them are engaged in betting. And some of you guys here, you, you are wondering, oh, now, betting there, where we do it every day. I know you do it every day, but it's wrong. There's no free lunch. You can't depend on betting to make a livelihood. You can't. You must work and get reward. You must work and get paid. You must work and, 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 and harvest. You must sow and reap. Don't tell me you are sowing uh, 500 cities to gain 10,000 cities. But betting is not a way that you can live your life. It will destroy you. It's addictive. I don't know the it's addictive. Nobody has lived a, 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 a wealthy life or a great life live, uh, on betting. You will not be the first, so better stop. But our kids are betting. Now with their phone, they don't have to go and stand by any little kiosk. With their phone, they, they, they put five CDs inside their football or whatever, and they bet, and they are winning. So they are getting addicted. With time, they'll get so addicted, it will be difficult to reverse it. That's the problem. That's the problem. And they won't work. There are a lot of guys in town, they are just walking about. You see them maybe driving cars and things. They are using betting. But it will not end well. It doesn't end well. Even those who bet and win millions, it is scientifically proven that after a couple of years, all the money goes away. Because you must gather gradually to sustain it. If you gather, you get it at once, it will go at once. It's a principle of life, principle of finance. It's a spiritual principle. Our children are in better. And when we are saying this, some people will be thinking, oh, it can't be my child. If I tell you some of the people that whose children are in better, you'll be shocked. And the parents will collapse. <laughs> And they tell you the details. They know how to do me. I've never tried it, so I don't know. I just know that you can bet uh, scores. But they say not only scores. Jesse color, uh, referee, red card, this, that, first goal, second, blah, blah, a whole lot of things. And not only football, any other thing they can bet. And they are betting. It's not right. If you, you are betting at this stage, eventually, and these are JHS students, JHS. 
some SSS. But JHS students. And then sexual activity is very strong. They, they, they are exploring sexual activity because their friends are indulged in it. So they are also doing it. Or they also feel like doing it. But they do it. Because your parents don't know. You think your child is a virgin. <laughs> she is not. You tell your son doesn't know anything about it. He knows. And how they know you don't know. These are SHS guys. University girls. And boys. It is not right. If you don't have any influence on them, you assume that, oh, the way you grew up like that. No, now it has changed. Because even the internet, even Tom and Jerry are having sex. Tom and Jerry, there's sex in it. Have you seen that video before? Tom and Jerry, that they were just running around, fooling around. Now they've stopped fooling. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a lot of sexual activity, but how can we, you must talk to them, have chat with them. You must discuss these things with them. Let them know the pros, the cons, the negatives. Know, let them know the timing and things like that. We'll try to do it in church, but parents, if teacher say, says it in church, pastor says it in church, and they go home and, and mommy is saying it, daddy is saying it, you find a way, it comes up, and then you just have a chat. If you, it's your child, you know how to draw things from them, you know how to get them to talk, and then you talk, you raise the topic and say it, and then, then they, it will, it will, you are sowing seeds into them, which will grow. You see something on social media, that's uh, some girl be has done, and say, ah, this girl, I'm praying for her. The way she's going, her future will not be good. Because these things, when you do it, this, you, 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 you find a way. Mothers, you know how to do it better than I know. And fathers, let's talk about it. When you are free with them and somebody's approaching them, they'll come and tell you. Or oh, that this man wanted to touch me, this man did. They'll tell you. But if they are not free with you, you don't have time for them, they don't, they don't know what to do. They'll just say, don't stop. And goes on. Okay, so sex. Some want to have sex because they say that otherwise when they are married, they'll be naive. They want to know inside before they marry. And this is a, a, a concept that has been going around. That you must try so that when you marry, you, it's not right. Tell them that it's 90% chance that the guy they are crushed on now will not be their husband. 90%, maybe 95% chance that it will not be their husband. So, obey you so you let them know when a child is growing up, SS, you let them know that you can be crashing on it. But the f don't think that you give yourself to it. That men, if you give yourself to it, that's when we, we, we are finished. We are finished that one. We'll go to another one. Hallelujah. Let's talk to our kids. But they're having sex. They're having sex. It's not right. I'm not talking about sin, the sin part. I'm talking about they themselves, their life. The sin part, yeah. God is merciful. But whatever you sow, you reap. We must teach our children to be careful. Because they want to experience this because they think that it is something nice to do because they hear their parents doing it. Please. The, sh the shouting is too much. It's nice because they hear this. I'm talking this. I'm, I'm reading from a report I got from the camp because the praise is shouting. We hear the dead don't do. Because because they hear their parents doing it. We must be careful. They're in the other room, but the ceiling is, is TNG, plastic TNG. Sound passes through. <laughs> okay, that's limiting you, but that's what he said. And a JHS boy knows about sex toys and can describe sex toys because he has seen it or he sees it. He knows how it is used. 
Let's hide the things. <laughs> Let's hide. Sometimes we think that, oh, Oyakwala. So he's young. You're Akwala, five years, six years. But they're not Akwala. They know. I happen to have a school, and that's a major thing. The things that the kids come to say in school, that they see at home or hear at home, sometimes it's very boring. Because parents assume that they are children. And these are KG children, grade one children, talking about some things that you'll be surprised. Because they, they, they see it happening. Say, so go and sleep. And they cover their head with clothes. <laughs> So let's be careful. Hallelujah. <laughs> the things we do, they see. And they don't know that there's a timing to it. You see, this is not a bad thing. But the timing, they don't know. And it will end up doing it earlier or doing it with the wrong person and all those things. Okay. Okay, so that's it. they are well informed about vibrators and other gadgets for sexual pleasure. And when you get when they start knowing this and they start experimenting with this, no man, no woman can satisfy them. Oh, but is it a sin? I don't know. But the effect is that they can't enjoy the natural one that God gave us. I don't know whether there's any other effect on that. Or they'll be going around looking for it all the time. They become addicted to it. Okay, the university students seem to be sexually active. For university students, they think they are, they've reached. So they are sexual. A lot of university guys went to them. So they, they were enlightened. Okay, about. So parents, let's talk to our kids. Let's talk to our kids about soul tie. When you sleep with somebody, it's not just a physical contact. Your soul ties. And when there are spirits following that person, you end up engaging those spirits to yourself too. When there are some cases, you, you, you tie your souls. You are born again. Your spirit is fine. But your souls have been tied to other people. And so tie is terrible. So let's talk to our kids. It's not just a physical pleasure. That's why it is for marriage, which is supposed to be a union forever. If your souls are tied, you deal with it and you solve it. But this one, your soul, you are not married and you do it here, you do it there, you do it there. Even if it's one person, you are not married. Let's explain to them. But they are sexually active. And so tie is very important. You must explain to them. And some of the SHS guys, ladies, have friends who have sugar daddies. They have sugar daddies. And so then, maybe they just said they have friends who have sugar daddies. But maybe they mean that they themselves, they have sugar daddies. They open up to a large extent, but... Sometimes they will say, my friend or a friend or something, but it could be them. How close are you with your children? Parents, the money is important, I know. But the money without the relationship is useless. Relationship first, very important, please. Some of, one of the reports is saying that they witness homosexuality. And this is a clear fact that what were you doing there to witness? You were inside. They say they're witnessing homosexuals. It's not witnessing. If homosexuals, they will not call a witness. They will not call a witness to come. <laughs> so we see the need for good parenting. The world is rotten. It's gone to the dogs, more or less. But let us... So let us be conscious about it. They didn't witness it. If homosexuals are doing something and they, they call you to come and witness, it means that you are part of it. That's what's happening among our teens. And there are drugs. Drugs and weed being used on campus and the temptation. They are calling it temptation. But they are using drugs on, in, in school. That's mostly, I think, SHS. People are using drugs. Could be cocaine and everything and weed. I've weed in here. We call it weed. Weed and things. But it could be cocaine and all those things. Some glue that they sniff and then they are... A whole lot of horrible things are there that 
they, they, they are doing. We need to talk to our guys. Men, let's talk to our boys. Let's have chats with them. Let's, let's be close to them. Please. Parents, it's a duty. It's not just the money. It's not just the money. So, and the many of them have friends in school and elsewhere who really impact on their character. I've said it all. All we can do is to get them close to us, let them talk to us. Even when they're in school, they'll call you, they'll tell you this happened, that, blah, blah, blah. They'll tell, they'll tell oh, hey, is that so? Okay, be careful. Don't do this. Don't do that. This, those things will not lead you. Let's be close to our kids. That's the only way. And be praying for them. Eh? Let's encourage them to make friends. Know their friends. Make sure they, you, you know their friends. Don't be driving their friends away. Don't be, know them. Then you can tell this one, I don't think they say, don't be careful with this one. Know their friends and talk to their friends. Then you can choose the ones which are good for your, 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 your child. It's very important. The world, the way it's going. And then let us let our children know there's something called contentment. Contentment. That this is where we are. Tell them this is where you came from. And this is how you got to where you are. You must be content at every stage. We all are ambitious to get to a better stage. But wherever you are, you must be content at that time. Say, this is where I am today. Let them know contentment. That I cannot buy the iPhone for you. But you just take this, uh, whatever, techno, techno hot for the meantime. Okay, I'm working hard. When my overtime comes or when I get my bonus or whatever, I'll buy it for you. But for now, this is okay. You know I have to buy this and that for you. But it's okay. Don't, don't be, so talk to them. Talk to them. We know how to talk to them. Encourage them. Let them be content. Let them be content. Hallelujah. So some of us, we are wealthy now. We are giving our kids everything. When things are not as they are, because money has a way of playing some games. If we don't have the money, will our kids be able to survive or will they be able, will they understand? Because we don't train them. We must train them to know. That's why sometimes you don't give them all that they, they desire. You give them what they need, what is required, and explain to them that for this reason you cannot have this, for this reason you cannot have this. When you get to this stage, I'll do this for you. When you get to that stage, this ought to happen. But sometimes we give them everything. We want to give them everything, but we are not training them to know how to abase. Paul said, I know how to abase, and I know how to abound. When I have money, nobody will know. When I don't have money, nobody will know. Me, that's how I've trained myself, because I've been through the valley, I've been through the mountaintop. We must train our children too. Many people have um, problems when things don't go well. It's because they didn't get the training. Okay. Many of them admitted that they are lustful. They desire sex. Let's pray for them. And the, there are some issues that I want to talk about. Some harm themselves. Some are thinking of suicide. They, they've attempted suicide before because they are depressed. Sometimes we give them too much pressure, academic pressure. You must be first. What is that? The, the people who were first in my class, I don't know where they are now. People who got first class, so many of them, we don't know where they are. In real life, we don't need that end-of-term report or end-of-year report. We don't need it in real life. It doesn't matter. Yes, let's go to school. Let's learn. Let's understand the principles. Let's know how to use our mind. But don't force your child. If your child is an average child, some children are average because the school system we have is not good for them. They, there's a better system somewhere that they have not found yet. There, they'll be first. But this one, they are average. Leave them. They will come out well. And don't you know people who, no, we are class, man, he's rich. You go there to go and borrow money. And somebody didn't even go to school. So let's not give them too much pressure. And then let's not compare them with other kids. Stop! You are depressing them and some are going to commit suicide. Some want to die because they don't know what to do. They, they respect you so much. They can't shout on you. They can't talk back. But they are, something's happening to them. It says most of them hide a lot from their parents. 
they are not willing to share what they feel and go through with them because of the approach in which their parents will handle the issue. Some parents are judgmental. What do you say? I'll beat all those judgmental things. Let's stop it. Let's stop it. If God was treating you that way, you will not be here. Because you know that since you got born again, you say you are born again, the things you have been doing, if God wants to judge you and deal with you, you will not be here. Why are you treating the child that way? God bless you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in. For more inspiring messages like this, search for Prosper Asamwa on your podcast. You are also invited to worship with us in person on Sundays at 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. for the love experience. On Tuesdays, be a part of our Destiny R service, teeming with testimonies about the power of God from 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. You can locate Love Sanctuary at Anaji off the Ntankofu Road, a few meters from the Queen of Peace School. Love Sanctuary International, manifesting the love, wisdom, and the power of God. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Him.